Today is Tuesday, April 6th. The title for our devotional is Bible Study Notes. Okay, this devotional for today is admittedly quite boring. What happened was, I, as I was studying the text and writing the devotional, I started writing all of the little Bible study notes and comments into the devotional, and that began to snowball. And it eventually just kind of became an entire devotional in length because there are so many. So I figured I'd just put them into one devotional, make this one day kind of boring, and then the next three days of the week, we will unpack kind of the meaning of what this text is saying and apply it. So today we're going to go through just some some brief Bible study notes. John 17, first one through five, says this. We're just focusing on one through five today. It says, when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. So, as I said, we're just going to go through some Bible study notes today. I'd encourage you to have a copy of John 17 in front of you to reference as we go. I'll be reading out of the ESV. First, the this in verse 1 is likely referencing all of what Jesus has spoken in the farewell discourse of chapters 14 through 16. So he's saying this is why he has told them all of these things in the farewell discourse. Primarily that he's leaving, he's sending the Holy Spirit as the advocate, and what they should expect to happen. Next, we again see Jesus modeling for us how we should pray. He prays just as he taught us to in Matthew 6, 9, to the Father. He addresses God as Father. Third, the hour is a regular phrase in the Gospel of John that John uses often and Jesus often says. It almost certainly is referring to the climactic events of Jesus' life and ministry, that is the cross, the resurrection, and the ascension. John refers to these three events as one singular event, noting how they are tied together and the significance of viewing them all together. By referring to it in this way, John is stressing that this is the time appointed by the Father. God's sovereign appointment of this time does not, however, lead Jesus to a, quote, resigned fatalism, as D.A. Carson puts it. Instead, it is cause for him to go to the Father in prayer and to willingly walk in the Father's will. Fourth, in verse 3, Jesus says that eternal life is to, quote, know the Father. No, in ancient Hebrew culture, implied much more than just head knowledge of something or someone. It implied fellowship, trust, faith, and personal relationship. I think the relationship idea gets at its meaning the best here. We'll talk about this more next week, but the idea here is likely what Jesus has already articulated in John chapter 15, when he has said that he is the vine, And his followers are the branches, and they are to abide in him. Fifth, work, in verse 4, is likely referring to 
the sum total of Jesus' work here on earth. It includes his past work of miracles, teaching, revealing the kingdom of God. It also includes his future work of dying on the cross, rising from the dead, and ascending to heaven. All of these constitute the sum total of the work that the Father has given Jesus to do. If this is the case, then Jesus is already speaking of the cross, resurrection, and ascension as work that he has finished. This fits nicely with his concept of God's sovereign appointment of the hour, as we have already mentioned above. Yet again, he doesn't approach this with a fatalism as if it's already happened. Instead, he's so confident that the Father's will will be done, and in his own commitment to carry it out, that he can speak of it as if it is already finished. For additional content today, I've linked you to an article on the Desiring God website by Justin Taylor. In it, he helpfully outlines the high priestly prayer of John 17 into what the Father gives the Son, what the Son gives believers, and what the Son asks the Father for, and Jesus' followers and the world, what he asks for them. It's just a helpful summary with some pictures and breakdowns that will help us understand this prayer better. For reflection today, read verses 1 through 5 again with what we just talked through in mind. Hopefully, this understanding will help clarify some of the more obscure references John makes in these verses.